This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And welcome to this week's Squiggly Career Podcast from Amazing If. I'm Helen Tupper and I'm here with my co-founder, Sarah Ellis. Hi, everyone. We've been running Amazing If for nearly five years now and our mission has always been to help people have happy careers. And we started this podcast last year, actually, with our Confidence Gremlin series as another way to do just that. We've always thought of careers as being squiggly with lots and lots of change. And in our podcast, we talk through some of the career questions that we know people are faced with when they're looking at this change and thinking about directions that they're going to go on in their career. And so we tackle things like how to find a new job or how to get a mentor. And you can listen to those sorts of topics in our previous episodes, actually. In each podcast we do, we share our own experiences and we give you some really specific actions that we know can help. And we also point you in the direction of some resources that we found useful. Our aim is to keep every episode under 30 minutes because we know we're all getting more and more time poor. So let's crack on with this week's topic and that is how to build a network to help your career. Sarah, I think I've talked long enough. So can you share some of your experiences about networking and some of the things that you have learned? Sure. So I think networking is often one of those things that people hate. I was going to say it's love or hate type scenario. But I think when we do courses on networking, I would say usually the ratio is one to 10, do you reckon? For every sort of what the people that, yeah, yeah, every 10 yeah. people who hate it, you get one person who goes, oh, actually, I quite enjoy it. Now, yeah. fortunately for our listeners today, you are that one in 10. Um, <laughs> however, I'm one of the 10 who coming from a slightly different perspective. So I guess my starting point with networking is I had all of the negative connotations that lots of people have around big events. You know, I get really nervous meeting new people. I'm slightly more introverted by nature. And so I definitely felt that networking was important in a kind of abstract sense. You know, you feel like it's an important thing for your career. But it was the last thing I wanted to do. And it was one of those, you know, where you like spend the day dreading what you've got to do in the evening. I don't know that, but okay. I understand that you yes. tell me that. <laughs> so honestly, if I had to go to something in the evening, I'd literally spend the day just thinking, I don't want to go, but I think I should go. And you have these like weird mental battles with yourself because you just you don't want to do it. However, I had a really pivotal moment where I started thinking about networking in a different way. And I think that started with thinking about what networking kind of really is. And when I stopped and thought about it and just thought, actually, it's about relationships, which is something I feel loads more comfortable with. So building, you know, trusted, 
open and honest relationships and people just helping people that really helped me I think it stopped me having this really like narrow view of what it means to build a network and how you do that I was just thinking about whether my definition was any different so we you know we're talking about you're more an introvert I'm more of an extrovert and so I kind of naturally enjoy it and I think I have a similar thing about is about people I just I get my energy from being with people so it's not actually the um the concept of networking that I love it's the same as your definition it's about people it's about relationships it's just it's where I get my energy from so for me it's just a that concept of networking it's not not the most attractive word in some ways for me it's just about an opportunity to be with more people and learn from more people and be energized from more people I think it's that I see it as a real energy giver yeah and it's, it's actually really interesting because I think I also now get a lot of energy from it but probably in a very different scenario and context so for me I worked out that when I was at my most confident in terms of building relationships it was when I had something to give I'm much more mm-hmm. comfortable giving and not worrying about gaining. And it's almost this sort of law of reciprocity thing where I think if you're a bit more nervous about networking or you want to build a network, think about what you can give and focus on that and then don't worry about the game because it will just happen. It might not happen in that exact meeting or that session, but at some point, you know, good things will happen in the other direction. And when you're thinking about what you can give, I know that when we talk to people, people kind of go, I haven't got anything to give to any networks. I haven't got anything to give to other people. Everyone has stuff to give. My suggestion is to start with your strengths, start with what you're already naturally enthusiastic and passionate about, and then go from there. So for me, that was about developing and coaching other people. So even though I was in, and still I'm in the marketing industry, I was also really passionate about helping people with their careers and career development. And this was probably six or seven years ago. And when I kind of worked that out, I worked out I had something that was quite valuable that I could offer to other people. So whether that was offering to mentor people in other organisations, whether that was coaching sessions, whether that was running kind of mini leadership sessions, actually in many guises, Mm -hmm. some of the early iterations of Amazing If came from this stuff, was me thinking I love training and I love developing people. And I started to do it in quite a ad hoc way I don't think there was a really big strategy behind it but it did mean that when I met people I had something to talk about that I I think I just naturally had lots of energy behind and then it just didn't feel like such hard work I think getting clear on what that thing is that you can talk about passionately is really important so you've got that kind of developing and coaching I'll probably say mine is um building and growing things and people so it could be if somebody's got a project I get really passionate about loads of ideas to help them build and grow it or it could be about people and about how I can help people to grow but I think yeah once you know that it gives you a way of connecting with such a wide range of people it's not just about the job that you do it's about what you can bring to many many different people in many different jobs yeah and I think going back to that point about you know we both described different ways of getting energy and how we network My first piece of advice would be work out what you can give. The second thing I would think about that's worked really well for me is come up with a style of building relationships that suits who you are already. Don't try and become something or someone else because that's a really hard thing to do. And I actually started to appreciate that I could build a really valuable network in more of a sort of one-to-one way. So it's definitely maybe slightly more time-consuming. But for me, I would rather have a smaller kind of very deep network so people I know really well who I've spent quite a lot of time with whether that's in person or over the phone and really invest in those relationships over the long term because that reflects kind of who I am and actually the way that I like to build relationships 
And it doesn't mean that I don't occasionally do things that are outside of my comfort zone. So I do still now sometimes go to, you know, my worst case scenario, i.e. the big event. Um, (laughs) Actually, my worst case scenario is the big event where you don't know anyone. So actually, I go to some big events now where I do know some people and that's just way way easier. Yeah, even then I don't love it. But when you're going to something that's, you know, it's really big, quite an anonymous event and you don't know anyone... I just now recognise that that's way outside of my comfort zone. So I will pick those things strategically, make sure I know what value I'm going to get from them. And then actually you just recognise that you're going to find that a bit more, you know, difficult and don't do it too often, but make the most of it when you have those opportunities. Yeah, I think once I started to work out what I could give in terms of developing people and then did it in a, you know, in a one-to-one meeting people that I knew, asking people to connect me to other people who they thought might be interested in the kind of the skills I had to offer. It was honestly a really pivotal change in terms of my network. And actually now it's really interesting. People describe me as somebody who's really well networked. Like yes, people will say, yeah. you know, to go and talk to Sarah because she knows loads of people. She's got a really great network. But that has honestly been kind of built over a really long period of time and in a almost like a I think a slow and steady way and I think maybe they're the mirror to the introvert experience so I think that it starts with the same route which is know that thing that you're really passionate about that you can talk to people about authentically and then your introvert sort of direction takes you to do that with fewer deeper relationships I think mine given that I get energy from people is to just go to loads of different things it doesn't mean to go to something every night because I also get tired but I am probably almost less selective about the things I go to Mm -hmm. in some ways which it doesn't mean I go to anything I think it just means I don't put those restrictions around oh this one's going to feel scary so I'm going to do fewer of them yeah because for you it's something you enjoy so it's it's a very different starting point isn't it absolutely and so if you're kind of the more extrovert I would say just make sure you've got loads of variety in the things yeah. that you're going to. Go to small things, go to big things, go to things about you know your industry that you might know and then maybe go to other things that are outside of it. It's If you're an extra, you'll be stimulated by the variety. So make sure that in your network, you're reflecting that in the places that you're going to meet and engage with new people. And I think it's a great way as well of staying really curious. So we talk about in lots of the kind of squiggly career world stuff around the importance of staying curious, of exploring career possibilities, exploring different options. And I think from having quite a broad view of how you're going to build your network, almost not always having an expectation in terms of what you're going to get from it, you can get some really unexpected relationships. Um, And actually, I have done some of those things sometimes where I've been to something where I've just thought I'm really interested in just the content. You know, I did some things at the School of Life about uh, philosophy as therapy. And I didn't go to those things to build a network. I went because I was really interested in the content. But actually, because of you're there with like-minded people who are also interested, inevitably you do end up building a bit of a network as well. So I think kind of almost let your interests guide you and don't, like you say, don't feel like everything has to have a very specific purpose for your role or your industry. I'm always kind of intrigued and surprised by where some of these things can take you. That leads on very well into some of my experiences with networking. So I think a lot of people assume when you think of networking, it's it is those big events and maybe yeah. traditionally it's kind of it was business cards, maybe uh-huh. that's kind of LinkedIn LinkedIn requests, exactly. Yeah. And I think some of the most interesting people and maybe some of the most diverse people actually that I have sort of brought into my network in more recent years have actually been through building a network digitally. So on Twitter and on LinkedIn, 
If I give you some specific yeah. examples, there is a great guy I know called Ian Sounders, so a bit of a shout out to him. And now Ian and I met on Twitter, if you can quite. I, don't know so, if you can I call still it that find maybe. that really weird. <laughs> um, so I had read a book that Ian had written, which is also a good book called Mashup, which is about how you can have a, a kind of multiple careers, really, and how you present yourself. And I loved that book. It's very sort of in keeping with our squiggly yeah, career. Yeah, it's great, actually. And yeah. I tweeted him and I said how much I love the book, and we had a bit of a dialogue on Twitter. And then at some point, we had a coffee. I mean, that's sort of three, four years ago now and then we've had um, a friendship and a coaching thing and all, all kinds of stuff it's been a really rich rewarding friendship and a relationship really and that started on Twitter it can also happen on LinkedIn so on LinkedIn I've done some posts which have invited lots of different people outside of my network to comment and then I've maybe followed up with some of those people with a Skype call and I think sometimes they go into a physical relationship, sometimes it's just a conversation and and somebody that you could engage in the future. But I think don't just think about your network as being, I need to go to an event and have a conversation. It's about finding, I don't want to say like-minded people, but it's about being curious about people and understanding, yeah, that value exchange. Can you learn from them? Can you contribute to what they're doing? And that can be digital as well. And I've particularly found some, some value in that for my network. Even on things like Instagram, I find that now I've started to use Instagram a lot more and we're starting to use it more for Amazing If. You know, I follow certain people who I've then thought, actually, they'd be really interesting It's if we could get them to speak at one of our events, for example. Yeah. I'll then yeah. think, oh, I might nip onto LinkedIn, see if I know anyone who knows them, and then maybe ask for a connection. So I think there's yeah. often various different ways of almost being inspired by different people and then working out, would it be helpful for you to be connected to that person And then I think having the confidence to have that conversation comes back to the, do you know what you can give? Because I think Mm -hmm. five years ago, I wouldn't have contacted anybody because I'd think, well, why would they want to have a conversation with me? Whereas now I sort of feel like, well, I've got things that I can offer to people and I'm more, you know, I'm more practiced. I think, you know, practice does help in these things. And I'm actually never offended if people don't come back to me either. I think, you know, if yeah. occasionally if someone doesn't respond, that's okay. It's, you know, you don't be personally offended by that. So my second sort of reflection for me on networking or something that's worked for me and um, we've talked in a previous podcast and it was how to find a new job about um, how squiggly our careers have been yeah. which is good given the name of the podcast but mine in particular you know I've gone to lots of new jobs in, in different organizations and there's been almost like a network that I have formed in each of those organizations that I've worked in and other people might have that based on jobs that they've been to even if they're not quite as squiggly as you or I but I think what I've learned over time is that as these different sort of sub-networks, if you like, have formed based on where I've worked, is not to let those relationships stagnate because it could be quite easy just to think about the people that you're connecting to now, the people in my current role and the current organisations that I'm part of, they're my current network. But actually there's a huge amount of value in the people that I've engaged with in the past and it can be very easy just to let those relationships stagnate and never engage with those people. And I think it's really important to understand who is valuable in your network. Maybe it's past managers or people that you know have worked for you um, or people that you've worked with that you think actually they're a really stimulating person that I can get value from and give value to. So I would encourage people to think about the entirety of their network and not let some really important relationships stagnate. Now, you don't have to have lots of meetings with them. This can be as simple as dropping them an email and saying, this is what I'm doing at the moment. Is there anything that you're doing that I can help with? It can just be that sort of thing to stimulate. Tagging them in a post on LinkedIn and saying, I read this, you might find it interesting. Just some way of just keeping the light on a little bit with that relationship. Because 
at some point you might want to ask for some help or their advice and you don't want it to be seven years since you got in touch with them. You still want to be in some way in their mind so that that door is still sort of partly open. Yeah, and I think that point becomes even more important with the squiggliness of everybody's careers because I think we'll start to see trends like people going back to organisations they've worked for. I know that when you and I started, if if I'd have said to you when we started our careers, you might go back to an organisation you've previously worked for, that to me was just you know, something just not you wouldn't (laughs) even contemplate it, would you? I mean if you if someone said to you, right, you're going to go back to an organisation, I think we just felt that, you know, you always had to move onwards and upwards and forwards. Yeah, well, I think going back used to mean going sort of backwards. Down. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. Going back used to mean going backwards, a more eloquent way of saying it. But now I don't think it means that at all. I think it means, in my mind now, I think you could have taken learning from other organisations and you could take it into a company that you've been in before. And that's actually a really positive thing. Yeah, I look at it very differently. And I think that's potentially our frame of mind but also the shape of careers I think has changed the perceptions of what movement from job to job and company to company looks like and I think you know you want those really interesting people to pop up again in your career and in your life Mm. those things sometimes happen by accident but often there is a bit of design and a bit of thought there because like you say you've kept that conversation going and so someone's starting up a really interesting company and they think oh Helen would be great for that well, she might be interested. I think she might be doing some freelancing now. Maybe she'd like to get involved. Or I know Helen's great at helping to create and accelerate things when they're being kind of explored. Maybe we'll get Helen involved. So it's just keeping your network alive, but in in a way that kind of works for you, isn't it? It is. And as you're talking, I'm thinking about how people can maybe think of themselves a bit like a magnet, which sounds really, which sounds really odd. But what I mean by is you you ideally you want to attract these people to you in some ways so it's not always you going out to them so what can you be writing about or sharing or talking Mm -hmm. about that keeps people connected to you because you have that sort of magnetism that interest in what you're doing so I think you know on 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 LinkedIn in particular for me I will talk about the things that we do amazing if I will think about talk about the things that are important to me about women at work and flexible working and I think the fact that I have an opinion on that that I publicly share creates some kind of magnetism that people from my network old and new still kind of engage with me on yeah yeah exactly that so maybe have a think about if you're thinking about yourself as sort of with some magnetism or as a magnet (laughs) what is that thing that you are saying or doing that is sort of pulling people towards you and maybe that's a really good topic for a future podcast sort of you know the personal brand point because that's what we're starting to get close to isn't it you know what's your personal brand what do you stand for so why do people want to network with you exactly let's maybe come back to that another week if that's something people are interested in Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. 
Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Should we move on to some top tips? To yes, get, let's do it. To um, kind of start to get towards the end of the session. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Okay. Yeah? No, I'll go first. Go let's on then, go for it. Okay, so my first top tip is to think about the different roles that you can play in a network. So this is a way, I think, of almost personalising your approach to networking so that it feels authentic to you. There are four main roles that you can play in a network. The first is a consumer. So maybe you're just literally going along and absorbing what people have got to say. The second is as a contributor, where you're actively participating maybe in the conversation or even in the delivery of a network. The third is the most involved, and that's as a creator. You've got to be really committed to do that. That's where you're building the network yourself. And the fourth is a, is a connector, and that's quite powerful. That's where you're using your own network to help other people's network to grow. You're maybe introducing people to each other. There is no right or wrong. It's just about being aware of where you're placing your time. And I think maybe challenging yourself if you're only sort of doing one role within your network if you're just maybe acting as a consumer think about which would be another role that you could maybe step into and I actually found that model myself incredibly helpful because I realized that I sort of would give myself a pat on the back for going to something and all I'd actually be doing was consuming the content and actually talking to absolutely no one and then run out at the end and I'd be like oh but I did it so it's okay and then once I started to reflect on that a little bit more I realized that you know, I need to think about ways to contribute. And actually, I'm a really happy creator. So though those things take yes, quite a lot are. of energy and investment, that really works for me, because it helps me to use quite a lot of my strengths in terms of creating things. And I think the more confident you become, the more able you are to connect people. I think now I'm a really strong connector. But I don't think I could have done that four or five years ago, because often you've got to have built and invested in your network for a period of time before you can start to do the connecting so don't give yourself a hard time if you're sort of towards the start of this process and don't quite feel able to do that yet because I think that is something that does take you know a number of years almost to get to that point and there are people who make careers out of being connected oh honestly I met someone yesterday and this guy is incredible I'll give him a shout out because he won't mind guy called Robert Phillips who runs something called Jericho Chambers ex like chief executive of a company called Edelman and you sit there and you talk to him about the things that you're doing and he literally lists people. And you're like, wow. right, I'm doing this event on the future of work. And he'll be like, right, you need to speak to X, Y, Z. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? And he just opens up his network in a really generous way. And then he connects you brilliantly to all of these people in a really kind of authentic, this is why you should chat, this is why you should get involved. Absolutely. Oh, it's just incredible. You just, I almost sit there in awe because I suspect he is a bit like you, a very happy networker. He's sort of, he's built his career on it, I guess. And it is incredibly powerful. It's so good. Why don't I know him? I, actually, do you know what? I'll introduce you. There you go. I'll, con- I'll connect Thank you. you. Thank you. For that, you can do your tip next. Thanks. My top tip actually is a really practical one. Often I think you go to networking events and you think, everyone seems loads more confident than me. Everyone seems to know people here. I worked out a lot of the networking events, people have come with somebody they already know. 
Um, mm. And it might sound a bit silly, but if you are nervous about going to events or you're nervous about networking, find a friend and go together. And then when you're there, just make sure that you have the confidence together to go and speak to some other people. Because sometimes these things are just easier when you don't take them on alone. I know that when you and I, Helen, have been to some events, whenever I'm there with you, it's always just that little bit easier for me because I know that you're very happy to go and talk to anyone. I can kind of tag mm. along next to you. And then once I've sort of got into a conversation, I'm actually much more confident. I'm, I'm fine. But it's just helpful to have someone with you who maybe enjoys it a bit more than you do. Or to be honest, if you're both hating it together, at least, you know, you can you can do that together. But don't always feel like you have to go to these things um, by yourself. Actually, and a very nice thing for an extrovert to do would be to consciously be aware of who might be an introvert and invite them. Yeah. Because that person might never go to that event unless they have you as a bit of a spearhead into the conversation. So, yeah, that would probably be quite a positive, nice thing for an extrovert to do for someone. Yeah. Have you got one more? Uh, I have indeed. I think my second one is about just being aware of the time it takes to build uh, build a strong network and keep it stimulated. So making sure that your investment is really considered. And, you know, we've all got limited time and actually building a really strong network does take some time. So I think whilst I said before for an extra, you can go to lots of things and I do go to lots of things. I am aware of the limit of my time. So I do it within some boundaries. You know, I've got full-time job and a business and two young children so I give myself maybe one or two nights a week maximum that I will go and engage in different things and I make conscious choices about the things that I do within the limits that I've got otherwise you just create lots and lots of people you almost create some expectations that you don't deliver on yeah and I'm, I'm not always great at that because I love meeting people sometimes I, I'll say oh we could do this we could do that and I I am getting more aware of that so for anybody just sort of Think about the time you need to invest to do it properly and do it in a considered way. And for an extrovert, I'd say just just be a little bit more aware of that because you will be tempted to develop so many so many different relationships and that might just mean that you're creating expectations of your time that you might not actually be able to deliver on and that's just not great for good relationships no no I think doing what you say you're going to do is incredibly powerful and really important so just bear that in mind in terms of when you're thinking about what you can give only give what you're really confident in being able to give and you want to give your best especially as you you know if you're starting to build up your network and my last top tip which is one that I'm always guilty of is just be careful of not only spending time with people a bit like you. So I think diversity across the network is really important. And I mean diversity in its broadest sense. So people of different age, gender, race, but also people with different ideas and just different perspectives. And often you really enjoy spending time with people who are a bit like you because you have lots in common. And so it feels easy and you have enjoyable conversations but I, I remember after a couple of years of starting to be uh, slightly better at building a network, I did start to realise I was always spending time with the same people. And actually, those people don't then necessarily challenge you or encourage you to think in different ways. So sometimes those conversations feel more challenging or more difficult, or you don't always get the same sort of energy from those people. But I think just be mindful of, you know, not always doing the same thing. Because, you know, if you always do the same thing, you only get more and more of the same. Very true. Right, on to resources that we think can help you because they are tried and tested by us. So first up, a book. Financial Times have got a book on business networking. So if you've got the time to kind of sit down and, and go through that, that can be quite useful. I don't know if it's on Audible, actually. So if you're, I don't know, actually, um, I have the actual book. I haven't checked that. It's quite good, I would say, if you're a less keen networker. So I have got it. Okay. And it's, um, you know, quite step by step, quite practical and just, you know, some useful, useful tools and techniques. 
So if you kind of want a slightly shorter read, there's a couple of articles that we think are really good. The first one is from the Harvard Business Review. It's a 2005 article, so getting on a bit. But actually, it's really it's really useful. It's got some good tools in there. The article is called How to Build Your Network from Harvard Business Review. And it gives you some uh, things to sort of build a network map, understand who the connectors are in your network. So quite a practical one. Another one as well that's quite practical is from the Muse. The article is How to Build a Helpful and Well-Connected Professional Network from scratch snappy title um, but if you look for the muse how to build a helpful network you'll probably find that one and um, so that's a useful article and the last thing if podcasts are your thing hbr that's harvard business reviews idea cast has a podcast called getting networking right which is also a good listen so i think that's everything for this week thanks again for listening please do stay in touch you can follow us on instagram but we're particularly interested in your ideas for future episodes so tweet us at amazing underscore if email us at get in touch at amazing tell us what you'd like us to talk about what you'd like to hear more of what you'd like to hear less of we really do want to know what you think so thank you so much for listening and we'll see you all next week thanks very much bye bye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.